says, a new report says that one in ten millennials have hired a handyman just to hang a picture. Yep. A similar report says that one in every David Spades has done the exact same thing. That's interesting. You know, times change, and I, I try to not be the old person who can't recognize the time change. I'll, was, I'll pick up the slack on that. <laughs> You know, uh, various things uh, change your oil in your car. Now nobody does it. You take it to the oil change place. Uh, putting a battery in your car. It seems ridiculous to Fixing me. Fixing a toilet. It seems a drain. ridiculous to me that you'd pay somebody to put a battery in your car, but people do it. But uh, so it just it just changes as you go along. And uh, so now hang in the picture. Fine. Whatever. I remember I things was a, a kid and somebody told me that you got to be really, really careful installing your car battery because it might explode. I've installed a thousand <laughs> car batteries as haphazardly as I possibly can, paying no attention to anything and nothing and bad has ever happened. 40% of them have exploded. <laughs> nothing even close to bad it has ever happened. It such a strong impression on me as a kid. I thought, oh my God, it's, it's a ticking. I might as well have on the uh, Hurt Locker suit. And be uh, waddling down a road in Baghdad with an IED as a, as a battery. Boy, the greatest thing is the new lithium batteries are so light. Oh, that is awesome. For cars? Oh, oh, I, I don't have them for they cars. Existed. They have them for motorcycles. Oh. They're more expensive, but they last longer. They weigh nothing. So you used to you lug around a battery. You can barely lift it. Now you hold it with two fingers, and you can put it in there the way you want. And wow. Get everything tied up. It's really cool. It's a great time to be alive. Um, of course, you're not going to do that because you can't even hang a picture. That's I remember sad. a guy saying to me, he was trying to get. Um, he was trying to put a screw in the wall to hang a picture, and uh, he was turning it the wrong direction. And I thought, how are you a forty-year-old and you don't know which direction? It just automatically, you don't intuitively know which direction to turn to get a screw to go into the wall. Yes, but he did. Yes. He'd never done it before. That's so interesting. Well, times change. So, is he from Australia? Maybe they have backward screws there. I Possible. can't. I can't shoe a horse, and you know, you go back several generations, no, you and it would have been laughable. Can you? Either. <laughs> Sitting um, there trying to pull Air Jordans over its hooves like an idiot. I, uh, what order do I want to do this in? Oh, I am fascinated by uh, this this race going on on the Democratic side. You know, I'm, I'm into this sort of thing, the presidential horse race. It is so crazy wide open. You've got so different of views of the world with the candidates. We could actually get into the tax policy if you want. New York Times had a good breakdown of how taxes would be different under Bernie versus Biden versus whoever. I mean, it's a, it's not a, who can beat Trump? Doesn't matter to me as long as they can be. No, it'd be a completely different country under Bernie than under Biden. Well, I'd say if Biden and, 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 uh, and Bernie were from different political parties, you could quite accurately say there is a huge gulf between these two parties, except they're both in the same party, allegedly. And Bernie currently has a nine-point lead in the latest poll in Iowa. Uh He leads most polls in New Hampshire. He could easily win the first two states, which historically has meant you're guaranteed to get the nomination. Yeah, good. Nothing is the same. (laughs) No. Well, the the Democratic Party would go full DEFCON 1 nuclear disaster uh, running around like chickens with their head cut off if Bernie wins the first two. You would see things done and said we have never seen before. Because that is unprecedented. Yeah, and he would lose 46 states and tank the economy, and everybody knows it. You've never had somebody win the first two states, and the party has no interest in them being the the nominee. Nope. So uh, we don't know how that will play out, but... I've always liked Chris Matthews' analysis of candidates on MSNBC. I've always thought he's really good at it. He was the first person 
that understood Trump on the left. I remember bringing in the, the clip and playing it here when he said, look, Trump is talking about an immigration in a way that nobody does. you got people all across America that hate illegal immigration, and Trump is the only guy that's come along who says, I'm actually going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Chris Matthews picked up on that obvious point when other people couldn't uh, just thought it was racism or whatever. Um, and so he was breaking down the Democratic candidates on Morning Joe this morning and had this to say. My latest question is this one. It's sort of like the question pollsters ask. Um, who cares about people like you? And my question is a little more direct than that. Suppose you're lying on a road hurt. Maybe you've had a, something happen to you. You fainted. Whatever happened. Which of the candidates would stop their car and get out and help you? Which of them? Ask yourself that question. And you got your candidate, I think. Because I'm not sure about mm-hmm. all of them. I, I've been polling this sort of in. You know, I get. I think Biden wins that one pretty easily. I think Elizabeth maybe. I don't think Bernie wins it. Do you? Honestly? He said, I don't think Bernie would stop and help you. Keep driving. <laughs> we got to get to the rally. It's a revolution. And then he asked Joe Scarborough, and Joe Scarborough says, well, I think Bernie would help you. And Chris Matthews says, yeah, you got to say that. You're just saying that. Wow. And Scarborough says, thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs> Yeah. He said you just say that for your audience, but he, Chris Matthews doesn't think Bernie Sanders would stop and help you if you're laying alongside the road. Well, let's refer back to what Hillary said about Bernie the other day. Or it came out what she said about Bernie. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. His, his old roommate saying he would wake up in the morning, start lecturing me about the revolution. Right, you know. Wouldn't even say hello <laughs> or good morning. Look, I don't tolerate bullshit terribly well. I'm not good at pleasantries. If you have your birthday, I'm not going to call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me. If you, That's not what I do. If you lie next, next to the road with a head wound, I'm busy. I'm going to a revolution rally. How is that going to further the revolution, me right. helping your head wound? Sorry about your head wound, but I need to keep driving. I just thought that was pretty funny on the... On the all-Democrat channel, MSNBC, the guy that's currently leading in the first two states, yeah. their, their main uh, you know, senior analyst says, Bernie's the kind of guy that walked past you if you're passed down the road. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. That is something. These that's are odd times, I wonder man. What, God, I wonder what sort of pushback he got on that. I'll bet he just got killed in all kinds of uh, social media, and maybe even there when the, they turned the microphones off and went to commercials. Yeah, what probably. are you saying? You can't say that. He might be the nominee. They're going to run that tape when he's the nominee as part of a Trump commercial. Oh, no, no, Bernie's no. the kind of guy that would walk by you if you're passed out in the road. So, uh, Matthews is one of the higher-ranking frogs in the swamp. He's, he is a swamp creature. There's no way he would embrace a lunatic like Bernie. Politically, I don't think Bernie's mentally ill. That's not what his policies are lunatic. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Well, like I say, I don't. A lot of people don't care about what the Democrats do or how they do it. But man, that's going to be so interesting to watch if he emerges uh, triumphant from the first couple of states. There will be panic like you have never oh, seen. Bernie wins Iowa, even just wins Iowa next Monday, and then they got a debate a few days later in New Hampshire. Um, it's going to be it's going to be knives are out. I I think. Waiting because everybody's been assuming same way Trump ended up with the nomination. Everybody assumed Trump wouldn't get the nomination. He's gonna do something or say something or it'll go away. I'm not mm. gonna take him on. Right. I don't want to piss off his supporters because he has very enthusiastic supporters. I think Bernie's in the same category. 
Because, like, people love Bernie. Yeah. I don't want to piss them off, but he's not going to make it. He had a heart attack. He's 80 years old. It's just, they ain't going to make it. And that's a rock and a hard place, though, because especially after, say, he wins the first couple or first and the second place, you're going to have to just go after him like a hungry crocodile. I mean, you're going to have to go after him hard and drag him down now, which, you know, your your dewy-eyed, unicorn-riding, youthful, no-life-experienced Bernie supporters are going to take very, very badly. And then you've suppressed turnout. Now, young voter turnout is always terrible anyway, but you will have done, well, you, it's a rock and a hard place. Perhaps you're a bum and you're living between a rock and a hard place. So we have a major bum and junkie West Coast uh, crisis update. Also, and we mentioned this earlier today, I think it bears repeating, the absolutely, to my mind, uh, I, Joe Getty, I'll stand by my words, uh, absolutely strategic blunder by the president's defense team in the impeachment. Get back to that. Does shooting someone in the leg count as hazing at a fraternity? I was a member of a fraternity, uh, Jack, in college, as you know, and we, uh, yeah, we shot all of our pledges. Can you, it hurt our recruiting, frankly. Can you use a skeleton in the HOV lane to uh, count for carpooling? <laughs> there has been a ruling on that. Oh, boy. <laughs> all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One of the guys pulled me to the side, and he was like, we didn't do this to you. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he told me to turn around, and uh, I was just thinking, like, they're just going to, like, hit me with a paddle or something like that. I'm not, like, too scared about that. And then whenever I turn around, he reaches and pulled the gun out of the backpack. I wasn't, like, watching, but I heard him click it, and then I started freaking out. So that's a frat where they shot a pledge in the leg as part of the hazing. Right. It's a lot like... Uh, Hijinks is what it is. Uh, well, uh, Jack, I understand hazing. And some hazing is good. Some hazing is bad. There's a little hazing in the fraternity I was in back in the day. We would have the pledges memorize certain material. And and, um, and if they did well, we would stab them. And if they did <laughs> poorly, we would shoot them. <laughs> nice, nice frat y'all are running. Oh, oh my God. So... There is ample bum and junkie explosion news, plus some great emails to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, the mayor of Sacramento, California, has announced a $100 million affordable housing trust fund. $100 million. And as uh, one of our listeners has written, there you go, boys, another $100 million in tax dollars going right into the homeless industrial complex. As usual, zero accountability for any of the outcomes. A lot then of people are going to get rich off of that. Then you have, on the other end of the spectrum, the now infamous uh, bike trail in Santa Rosa, California. 250 people in this mile-long, two-mile-long tent city. Rat-infested, disease-strewn, fire-prone, needle-littered hellhole. They're finally starting to clear that out. Um, by A the by, two-mile-long tent city. Yeah, just for my own ease. We'll we'll get back to that one in a second or two. Hey, Sean, as an aside, can I put you in charge of the prop bets are out now for the Super Bowl? I just saw a headline on it in the New York Post. Oh, yeah. You can work that desk. We'll have that later in the hour. You got it. 
Meanwhile, the infamous across the street from the Home Depot store in Oakland bum camp also being cleared out because it's, should I go through this, disease-strewn, no, rat-infested, no, no. needle-littered, blah, 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 the same thing. That's not why it's being cleared out. It's being cleared out because Tucker Carlson featured it on a national TV show, yeah, and it well. got a bunch of attention. If it hadn't, it would still be there. Well, I tell you what. My question to a lot of you unicorn riders who just... The public policy that makes you feel good and feel enlightened. You say you got 20 people at this camp or camping along a river or whatever. You say, well, they're just unfortunate because of the housing prices. And uh, we're all one paycheck away from homelessness and blah, blah, blah. So we can't roust them. And the Ninth Circuit Court says you can't roust them. And then that 10 people turns into 25, which turns into 50, which becomes 250. And then as certain as if you drop a cue ball, it will fall toward the earth. You end up with rats and needles and filth and disease and crime and the rest of it. And you end up clearing it out at enormous expense and danger to the people involved every single time. But when the bum camp pops up with five, six, ten, twelve tents, you all say the same thing. Well, those people, it's just the housing prices. What's the matter with you? Moving along. Got a bunch of emails on this and similar topics. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Talking about those gals squatting in that house in Oakland. They finally got booted out. Moms for houses, Joe. Housing is a human right. Single moms need houses. Uh, my daughter, uh, Al Anonymous writes, my daughter-in-law and her formerly uh, illegal husband have made a career out of squatting. They even lived in areas, like he mentions, a really affluent area. The homeowner eventually paid them several thousand dollars to vacate their home. I don't doubt that. Their own home. That'd be the cheapest way to do it by far. Do I do $15,000 worth of legal bills? And wait a month. And wait a month or and have, have the cops now. tell me there's nothing we can really do about it. Or do we give you $5,000 cash to please leave our home? Right now. Yeah, that's a clear-cut decision. How's your utopia coming along? I love this. Paul makes the point that a population roughly the size of the city of Roseville, California, which is about 140,000 people, is bypassing sewage treatment, just crapping on the streets and in the creeks and rivers of California. Where are the environmentalists? And that's just in the state of Cal Unicornia. It's an excellent point. If you had an entire city that said, no, we don't use plumbing here. We just crap in the streams. <laughs> wow. The environmentalists would go berserk. Crapville. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Crapville. I'm the mayor. Let's see. How do you like this one? Um, guys, the day after I emailed you about going Frisco, which is the new term for if you have to poop outdoors, you just can't get to a bathroom, you're forced to do it. That's called going Frisco now. Yeah. Uh, one of our <laughs> fine, upright citizens on the streets of San Diego dropped trowel and laid a growler in the middle of the alleyway behind our loading dock these here are, at work. These are unfortunate terms you're using. They're Frank, Jack. It's time for Frank talk. A secretary then ran over the offending dookie, spreading it all over. It fell to me to clean up the mess. I had a rough day at Rochambeau. I started with sand as an absorbent. It got me to thinking, we need cat litter for bums. I was going to make up a label. Frisco brand bum litter. Or Johnny Bum ripple scented with clumping action. (laughs) Tiptoeing through the bum, dookie. That's from Ian. Oh, my God. How's your utopia coming along? I ask again. Oh, you know what, Hanson? With clumping action. That's that's the T-shirt we need. 
That's been the Joe Getty slogan, the Armstrong and Getty slogan, for years now. How's your utopia coming along? That'd be a good t-shirt. Ripple-scented. Uh, that was pretty damn clever, Ian. <laughs> okay, so the the infamous trail in Santa Rosa. I told you we'd come back to it. Um, this is somebody in the area, knows what's going on. They start to clear the trail and bring these people to the new many millions of dollars shelter complexy thing. Only nine people agreed to go to the new shelters on the first bus. A few more did later. Many didn't want to, quote, live like animals inside a fence. My take on this meant they didn't want to give up drugs and alcohol and follow the rules. One poor girl did say it would be her first steps toward recovery, and so she thought maybe it would be good for her. God bless her. I hope she gets clean. Um, but there you go. They said, listen, we have this wonderful new shelter, but you can't be a junkie. And all the junkies said, uh, we have no interest in it whatsoever. Then you got this note from uh, Christina, who's talking about Santa Cruz, Cal Unicornia. That coddles bums and junkies with more time, money, and concern than you could possibly imagine. Compassion is the ludicrous excuse. Points out some examples, and then we got this note from another city in California. A guy who's just gotten clean and sober for a little while now says, I used to know a lot of the bums and junkies here in town, and it's become such a haven for bums and junkies. Petaluma, California. Um, because the town has become a perfect storm of rich liberalism, rich bleeding hearts. My friends, my former friends, tell me all the time how being homeless in Petaluma is so easy because people are so giving. They regularly get handed $100 bills at intersections when they're begging for their drug money. Wow. $300 a day easy begging. Hillary Clinton has said something about running. Yes, she whoa, has. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you threaten me. <laughs> On the way. I know that you're not running, but do you ever feel the urge that, like, I could beat him if I were, or, like, I wish I, you know? Yeah, I, I, I certainly feel the urge, because I, I feel like the 2016 election was um, really an odd, uh, an odd time and an odd outcome, and the more we learn, the more that seems to be the case. But I'm going to support the people who are running now and do everything I can to help elect uh, the Democratic nominee. She's feeling the yeah, urge. Good. You yeah, lost yeah, good. because you're a terrible candidate. Bernie says, yeah, good. Yeah, the, good. the sooner you get that internalized Hillary, the sooner you can move on with your life. You're not a young gal. I recommend coming to terms with it and moving on. Were the odd times she was describing the DNC putting their thumbs on the scale to the point where it was impossible for anyone else to get the nomination? I don't think that's what she meant. Giving, oh. giving oh. her the questions and not Bernie for the debates? Is those the odd times? And It was Russian meddling plus misogyny. Everybody knows that. Nobody wants to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> Kobe and his wife had a deal that they'd never fly in the helicopter together. So though. Huh. Yeah, I've heard a couple who who follow that practice with airplanes. Commercial flight, I think that's being a little... That's paranoid to me. Yeah. Yeah, you run your life the way you want to. But um, the fact that you thought about it enough to fly uh, separately on the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which direction do I want to go? This is kind of funny. What your favorite font says about your political leanings. 
Uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to... Uh, uh, Why don't you just ask me what my political leanings are if you want to know what they are? Oh, I like to make it like a like a detective mystery. But I'll tell you. No, I want to look at your, your font. Sans serif. <laughs> Radical. The self-reporting is, also, is often false. Your, your font will tell me the truth. That's right. All right, you've discovered me. I thought I could hide it, but my font gave me away. <laughs> we'll uh, talk impeachment coming up here and here in just a little bit. A couple of the wrinkles from yesterday as the... Uh, uh, the White House defense is wrapping up. The Washington Post out with the story that it's back. It, the trade is back. You get a witness, we get a witness. According to the Washington Post, uh, Senator Toomey, respected conservative Republican senator, is trying to work a deal with Democrats. Okay, you get Bolton, but we get somebody. Patrick so, Socket Toomey. So that is more likely to happen, and that is going to be exciting. Coming up in a moment. The president's defense yesterday was brilliant, except the part that was suicidally idiotic. Oh, boy. We'll discuss in moments. Suicidally idiotic. It was, it was, yes, maybe. Um, We continue to get a text from people on um, them seeing things they can't ever forget on the internet or their kids seeing things they can never forget on the internet because I had that we had that happen in our household with my son being shown something at school by a knucklehead that uh, that, that horrified him and there's there's plenty of stuff on the internet that will horrify anybody outside of like a a, a battle-hearted war veteran right and it's just yeah. it's just not good for your brain or your conscience and um and we're still getting texts from from people saying, yeah, I saw this, I saw that, and I can't get it out of my head, and I wish I'd never seen it. Is there a filter that we we could all get for our phone that, that things rise to the level of, man, I wish. You know, the, you don't, this is super violent. You do not want to see this. Yeah. Well, yeah, the problem is it's so difficult to define. Censorship. Define. Yeah. They're trying to come up with algorithms. They screw it up every time they try. And as you've pointed out, there are these people who, you know, and, and people who cannot accomplish anything like to break things. That's what vandalism is. It's people who are so pathetic they know they can never build anything. They decide instead to break things. Um, people want to hurt you by getting you to see something horrific. Um, so they disguise it. The first 30 seconds are, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the, like, you know, Blue's Clues, or what's the one you always bring up? Pet Patrol? Paw, Paw Patrol. Patrol. Paw my, Patrol, My kids yeah. have aged out of Paw Patrol, but it's very yeah. popular for the younger set. Right, exactly. The, the first 30 seconds is Paw Patrol, then it cuts to something horrific. And that's one of yeah. the, the sicker, sadder sides of the Internet, that is, as soon as any sort of filter or rules are put into place, there is a, a significant percentage of people that will try to circumvent and figure out ways around those rules and around those AI things. Because right. no matter what it is, it's not a person saying this is okay and this is not. These are all computer software algorithms that are designed to do this on a massive scale, which then lead them to be exploitable. Right. Um, and maybe we should link this, because I read it yesterday, the whole thing. Article in the, in the Atlantic. And if an article's in the Atlantic, what is it, Joe? Incredibly long. <laughs> very, very long. Oh. Written by Ben Sass, the U.S. Senator from the state of Nebraska. My friend asked me, what are you doing this weekend? I told him, 12,000 words later, you'll figure out the guy was going to go to the hardware store, then go bowling. The Atlantic is ridiculous. 
Ben Sass, uh, who we like around here, in The Atlantic with an article, The Responsibility to Counter China's Ambitions Falls to Us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. And it's an attempt to wake us all up, if we've been talking about for some time, to the idea that China is hell-bent on taking over the world yes. in all manners. They are more what the Soviet Union was thought to be than the Soviet Union ever dreamed of being. Taking over the world economically and the way we live our lives. China is asshole! I agree. Um, And they also view it very much as a zero-sum game sooner or later, that their power will only grow as the United States is is quashed and diminished. I'll read one of his closing uh, paragraphs. The future is never settled. China's rise is not faded, nor is the United States' success. Two things are certain. First, the Chinese Communist Party seeks to be the world's sole superpower and is advancing an agenda that systematically denigrates human dignity. Second, human flourishing depends on the constant rejection of totalitarianism. As our nation founded is founded on the idea of human dignity, the responsibility to counter China's ambition falls to us. That's the sort of stark Cold War talk you used to hear way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought it was overheated. This is definitely not overheated. China actually could have the ability to pull this off. Right, right. And 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 cast the world and all of humanity into uh, you're spied upon by your government. There's only one way to live your life. They decide what you do for a living. They decide how many kids you're going to have. You have no freedom whatsoever. That could be the entire world if China gets its way. And human beings are thrown away, executed, and forgotten as easily as you step on an ant. Oh, yeah. Ben Sass linked in his article this story, which should get more attention. China's forced labor problem. It's a long article about how much slavery they have going on in China. They have a tremendous amount of slavery. Mm-hmm. Their prisons advertise of how we have great laborers and we treat them like this and blah, blah, blah. So send your company to, you know, Guangdong prison number four. For your slave labor. There's actually a huge industry. Tied to the coronavirus thing, there was a story popping around where, uh, you know, in response they are constructing a hospital from scratch. And I think it was like 10 days or something like that. Which is pretty amazing. Absolutely. Until you realize that that's possibly what's going on there. Is that as government forced labor who knows what sort of human rights are being violated and then there will be a a 3.5 earthquake and it'll collapse on everybody's heads but putting that aside if you have no environmental concerns you have no wage concerns you can get slaves no safety right yeah no safety concerns yeah you can get a lot accomplished hey very briefly speaking of the coronavirus as i mentioned earlier a friend uh had to go to china for a business thing and he does semi-regularly, and his contacts in China told him it is way worse here than you guys are hearing in the U.S. Um, do not come. We really suggest you don't come. And so he's not. So we'll have to see where this thing goes. But China's hurting. Got to screen people at the airport. Sickies, stay away. I I, I hope we wake up to it. That, that's something. The, the uh, Lots of things are called the biggest threat. Our, uh, our, our debt problem or, uh, you know, the, the, the polarization in politics or... Sure. Dem- but As if we have to pick one. As if we have to pick one. <laughs> but where China ends up 100 years from now is a very big deal for the planet. Yes. Yeah. How can you be concerned about global warming and not care about the rise of China? Wow, great you, point. You think China's going to care about whether or not 
the tide is rising by a quarter of a centimeter a decade? No, they'll just either kill or remove anybody who lives near their coast and march on to the great communist future. And if you post a tweet complaining about it, you will disappear into one of these slave labor camps when China runs the world. Right. And again, they actually could pull it off. Yeah. They can certainly pull it off. They, they perhaps already have pulled it off for a giant chunk of the world. Right. And you know, this reminds me a lot of, uh, well, I, I hate to even take it in that direction. I will just say this. If you care about any one of the like top dozen progressive causes, you ought to be an anti-China activist. Individual rights, uh, minority rights, religious freedom, freedom to be an atheist, whatever, just... They will stomp you and and remove you if you dare violate the Communist Party doctrine, all that stuff you care about. And Ben Sass's argument is we need to have a solid, both parties agree, like we did with the Soviet Union, solid anti-communist, anti-China view of things policy-wise. And our businesses need to get on board. And, of course, he uses the NBA as an example of how China was able to silence uh, a major corporation in the United States, and they do that all the time. Yep, it's a good point. It's scary. So, hey, the president's uh, defense team had a great day yesterday, but they made an enormous blunder. If Trump is removed from office, it will be because of what the Trump defense team did yesterday. I wonder whose idea that was. It was terrible. We'll tell you about it in moments. Former U.S. Senator, how did this strike you, Claire? I don't think Harvard's happy tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harvard holds a place in the legal community as one where uh, the academics are excellent and the professors are thoughtful. This really, well, I was like a pretzel. He was trying to take what he was dealt and twist it and turn it into a way. I mean, like, think about how absurd this is. Imagine if a president took office and then said, I'm just going to take vacation for a year. I'm going to go live, you know, on the Mediterranean for a year. You know, you guys take care of it. You figure it out. Mm -hmm. You figure it out. Impeachable? No, Alan says, Dershowitz. No, not impeachable. Sorry, that was actually the part of Dershowitz thing I didn't really buy. I think he's wrong about that. It has to be a crime. To be removed. Um, so yesterday, part of Trump's team, Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, gave his speech. Excellent. He gave his presentation late in the day, and uh, I thought it was brilliant with the exception of that point. I just think he's wrong on that point, and it's funny that he thinks that. That's a good example she gave right there. If a president just decided to go on vacation that's for what a I'd month. Do. I'd, that'd be my campaign that's, stump speech. That's not a crime, but I right. think plenty of people would think, well, we got to impeach this person. Well, and there's a test for that. Do we... All agree, or most of us agree. Is it a bipartisan agreement, or is it merely something one party is bothered by? If it's that, then according to the Founding Fathers, it's not big enough. It's not important enough. We have a system for figuring that out. If it's not a crime, if it's not bribery or high crimes or misdemeanors or whatever. I will tell you this about, I'll bet Harvard's not happy right now. It's funny, seconds before she said that, uh, we were alerted by one of our fabulous listeners that the head of the chemistry department at Harvard is now being prosecuted for failure to disclose some rather nasty-looking ties with various Chinese people. 
and officials. So is he on the take from China? Um, <clears throat> I don't know exactly, but we'll look into that. So yeah, I don't. I don't think Harvard's that worthy. Worried rather about the Alan Dershowitz. So Andrew McCarthy wrote this piece in the National Review, and I'm glad he did. Uh, this is what I've been saying for a while. <clears throat> I think the Trump team is making a terrible mistake by even talking about the 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 was there a quid pro quo. It's a perfect call, all that stuff. It's just ridiculous. Almost nobody is claiming that at this point. And to me and Alan Dershowitz, abuse of power is a ridiculously vague charge. Every president in the last 10, and and going back, I mean, actually, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln were accused of abuse of power by prominent people. FDR, certainly, mostly because he did abuse power. Um, But virtually every president is accused of that. So, again, how do we figure out if it's bad enough abuse? Well, why don't we see if anybody from his own party agrees with you? But the fact, if you conceded every single fact about the Ukraine call, that's still not impeachable, or it's not removable, uh, you know, by a lot of people's opinions, and I think they're making a terrible strategic error by mo- making the allowing the focus to be now on on John Bolton, the alleged revelation in his alleged book that allegedly Trump said, "Yeah, yeah, we're going to hold out on the aid until they do this and that for us." I mean, okay, great, that's what they did. I think everybody knows that, and it doesn't matter, or at least it's bad governance, but it's not impeachable and removable. Just to quote Andrew McCarthy's piece in the the National Review. Uh, the president's best defense has always been, well, he, he talks about the fact that in a good defense, you want to base it on something that is true, that you can prove that will not change. Here, the president's best defense has always been that Ukraine got its security aid. President Zelensky got his high-profile audience with the president. Kiev barely knew defense aid was being withheld. The very temporary delay had no impact whatsoever on Ukraine's capacity to counter Russian aggression. And Zelensky was required neither to order nor to announce any investigation of the Bidens in the end. However objectionable the calculations that led to the delay may have been, nothing of consequence happened. Therefore, there was no impeachable offense. Case closed. Except it's not case closed because President Trump and his advocates would not content themselves with a strong defense built on what was true. The president wants total vindication, which is not necessary in order to avoid removal from office. So he's mounted his defense on the impossible propositions that his interaction with Zelensky was perfect and that there was no quid pro quo. And I agree with McCarthy completely because now... The Democrats have realized, okay, there's no winning on the obstruction of Congress. That that one's a joke. Obstruction of justice is way too vague. I mean, how do we prove that? I mean, it's just it's in the eye of the beholder. But the Trump defense team has made this about, was there a quid pro quo? Wait a minute, we can win that one. And if we do win that one, a certain number of American people will say, oh, yeah, the Democrats won. And they're saying Trump must be removed. Therefore, Trump must be removed. I gave the the example earlier. We're having a meeting. I pat positive Sean on the back, tell him, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep keep it going. You're growing, blah, blah, blah. He calls the cops and say, hey, I was battered, assault and battery by Joe Getty. And my lawyers go into court and start denying. He didn't pat him on the back. And Jack comes forward and says, yeah, I saw him do it. And Michael and, and, and Mike Anson, they all say, 
I was there. Yes, he patted him on the back. When my defense ought to be patting somebody on the back is not assault and battery. But you're so, continuing to say you never touched him? Of course right. you touched him. Of, right. And and then the prosecution is looking in the eyes of the jury and realizes, wow, now all we have to do is convince him he patted the guy on the back and we'll get a conviction for assault and battery? This is crazy. Tell you what, I don't know if the president demanded it or if the team just decided to do it. It's a terrible idea. I think the president terrible. wasn't going to back off that he did nothing wrong, so they didn't have any choice. If he gets booted out of office, it will be that miscalculation that did it. The real clear politics average of polls, they do something that's interesting. They average a bunch of polls, which is not the best way, but it might be a better way than looking at individual polls. Um, It's currently remove or keep. It's very, very close. Now, when this whole thing started, the average of polls was overwhelmingly toward remove, if you remember that. Um, well, overwhelmingly, but almost all the polls, yeah. yeah, significantly. It was up toward 50% remove and down toward 44% he gets to stay in office. But they've gone, uh, they've closed the gap on that, and it's now almost a tie. 47.5 removes, slightly more at 48.1 uh, do not remove. So it's a difference of 0.6. So it's almost a tie on whether or not right. he should be removed. It's almost exactly the results of the last presidential election is what it is. And the approve, disapprove, uh Numbers in virtually every poll. You know, I, I heard an Irish politician, they're going to have a big election in Ireland, and their entire election cycle is like three and a half weeks. Yes. That's he says he watches American coverage with this poll, that poll. He's up two points. That guy's down two points. It means we can do six. What's the matter with yeah, you? Yeah, there's something wrong with this. Hey, yeah. there's been a Bigfoot sighting. There's a new Bigfoot picture. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it yet. We'll have to all look at it together coming up next hour if you get next hour. If you don't, uh, check out the podcast. Well, run for your lives. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.